Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nintendo Fanboys. Steven is here with me, and hopefully today he doesn't ditch me to go play Blossom Tales. And, uh, well, we haven't done a Nintendo uh, Fanboys, that's not what I want to say. We haven't done a Canadian Gamers in a little while, and that's that's understandable, and we'll probably both... Uh, Explain a little more details on that uh, as we go through this, but for the, the the long and short of it is essentially that for the both of us, we're pretty much only playing on Nintendo hardware right now, so that's why you're seeing one fanboys after another. Okay, so before we begin, I got a lot of housekeeping stuff that I want to uh, tell everyone about. So first things first, as always, or at least as uh, as often as Stephen reminds me to remind you, our podcasts are always posted pretty much the minute they're recorded. So sometimes, as is the case of this podcast, you're actually going to get it a week early if you go to iTunes and other podcasting services and just uh, find us there. So I highly recommend you do that if you'd like to listen to this podcast as fresh as humanly possible. But of course, if not, then it's posted every second Sunday here on YouTube. And so, yeah... And then, of course, the new thing that we're going to be pimping uh, quite often in a bunch of different videos and stuff like that is uh, our Twitch channel. So if you'd like, we would really appreciate it if you could follow us on Twitch, and that's twitch.tv slash projectcoe. Really, really simple, just like at YouTube, where it's youtube.com slash projectcoe. We did that to make it nice and simple. And speaking of Twitch, here's the first announcement uh, as of January 30th until February 13th, if you go to twitch.tv slash projectcoe and follow us and then leave a comment on a video that is posted on January 30th with your username from Twitch, you will automatically be entered into a draw for a brand new copy of Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 on the Nintendo Switch. A buddy of mine purchased it uh, for me for Christmas, not knowing that Steven had already gotten it for me. And instead of returning it and causing a big powwow, I decided, why not do it, uh, why not give it away? But the only way that you're going to win this one is if you go and follow us on Twitch and then prove that you followed us on Twitch by leaving us a comment on YouTube with uh, your username in that specific video. And uh, that's it. So we're trying to just, you know, get a bunch of different people to follow us on Twitch. And I thought, why not? You know, I was going to do the giveaway anyway. But instead of just leaving a comment, I thought this was a good way of uh, convincing you guys to go and follow us on Twitch. So that's the first big announcement. The second announcement I have, I'm not going to reveal it, not yet, but uh, look out for a very special giveaway video that's going to happen around the first week. I'm planning it for the first week of February. And it's not that the video itself is going to be the giveaway. It's that in the February 2018 channel update, which if you uh, watch the one I did in January, it seems to be resonating quite well with people. They like the idea of giving monthly updates. Well, this particular update is going to be talking all about the road to 10,000. And that's basically, um, basically we're, we're holding like almost like a series of events that are going to wrap up 
when we hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Now, according to the growth that we've been seeing, we theoretically should be able to do that before the end of the year. But I have an announcement that I make the first week of February where I tell you exactly what will happen when we hit 10,000 subscribers. And I'm not going to reveal it early, but let's just say that it's a giveaway but it's one of the biggest giveaways we have ever done here on the site. So yeah, you'll see. You'll definitely want to help us try and get to 10,000 subscribers. And that's it for the big news. And now, of course, as always, I throw it to Stephen to ask him what he's been up to since last time he basically just came in here, said a few words and ran away. Yeah, I'm learning all this stuff as you are guys so this is awesome like uh really can't wait to see what the uh giveaway is and what the uh video it will be i'm sure it will be awesome and for the twitch stuff i'm really really hyped about this because this is another way where i'll actually be able to join in from time to time and actually play some video games with you uh Back in the day before I had kids and when you were on a sick leave, we used to play games every day. Uh, basically, when I got off work, you'd harass me. You were like I am right now. You'd text me all the time and I would get on Skype and we'd play Animal Crossing and Resident Evil Revelations and stuff like that. And it was awesome. And I kind of miss those days. And I'll be able to do that with Twitch with you. And I think we'll even be able to figure out a way for me to actually talk to you while we do that. And Twitch is an awesome way for us to communicate with fans. We can even play some Mario Kart 8 stuff with them if they want to. There's tons of potential for that. So be sure to leave us a follow there. We're aiming at 50 followers for as soon as we can. And we're already at 26, I believe. Last night we were at 24 and with the bit of viral marketing, we're at 26 as of this morning. So we might have been at 30 or, or higher now. So that's cool. I think we can get to 50 by the end of the month if we all try and uh, go to twitch.com slash project COE, I believe, and click on the little heart there. And that will go a long way to help us as a channel grow and maybe uh, grow our network a bit more, which would be awesome. As for games I've been playing... I've I've been playing a lot of stuff recently, so I want to make sure I don't forget it. First off, I want to talk about Pokemon Gold and Silver, because I've been playing that a lot, and I've been doing one task for like four <laughs> hours right now. It's kind of like what you did with your shiny Mewtwo, except that what I'm doing was supposed to be easy and supposed to not take a long time. So basically, there was... Not really an exploit, but there the way the game was designed in Generation 2 was that shinies were determined by what are now what are now referred to as IVs, which means individual values. But back then they were called DVs, which I do not remember if it what what it, it means. But basically, that number decides if you are shiny or not. The interesting thing about that is that if you breed with shinies, you get uh, the odds of hatching a shiny are one out of 64 and in generation 3 and on the odds don't improve at all if you're uh, breeding with Chinese the best odds you can get with breeding is 1 out of 502 I believe and that's if you breed with uh, a Pokemon that's in your region with a Pokemon that's in another region say France or Japan 
and if you have the shiny charm. So that gives you odds 1 out of 502. And I've actually bred 4 shinies in my Pokemon career doing that uh, method. Two of those were without the shiny charm and the other two were with the shiny charm. And it took me... The, the shortest amount of eggs it took me was 300 and the longest was about 1500 eggs. And that sounds like a lot and it is, but I... It took me around, I'd say the longest was 10 hours and the shortest was maybe 3-4 hours to hatch those eggs. But in Generation 2, even with those 1 out of 64 odds, what I've discovered is that hatching eggs takes a lot longer than it does now. I think I can probably hatch around 6-8 to eight eggs in Sun and Moon by the time I hatch 1 egg in Gold and Silver. So while it's true that the odds are a lot better... It doesn't necessarily mean that it'll go faster. And I'm learning that right now. And I'm trying not to get discouraged. Because you did not get discouraged with your Mewtwo. And that's a lot harder to do than my method. But I don't think I'll get a, a full party of Pokemon in time for Crystal. Let's let's uh, <laughs> say it that way. You... I've also been playing... <laughs> now I'm just laughing at you. Sorry. I'm just like... Uh, I can just see you. I know you. <laughs> gonna be like oh screw this before before long i'm not stopping until i get that shiny charmander let me tell you i want that and i'm gonna name it charcoal and i'm gonna love him and care for him like i i would any other little shiny creature <laughs> okay so i've been playing blossom tales yep blossom the tales. sleeping king yep yep and i've played it till completion i had a blast with that one and your review is coming when uh, Tuesday? I think it's Tuesday. So oh, it well, should well, actually, be up wait. by the time this yeah. hits YouTube, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't want to say too much because you did a pretty good job with the review. I really had a blast with the game. Uh, this, that's a, a type of game I don't play often and I can't get enough of those. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, also been playing Doom on the Switch and man, like I, I'm telling you, Doom is my game of the year every year it's just a fantastic game if you own a switch please buy that game i, I unless you already played it and even if you did buy it like i want bethesda to continue supporting uh, the switch because for me even though i have a playstation 4 I, I the odds of me playing a game on that system are very very low because I can only do that when the kids are asleep, but when I play on the Switch, I can, I can, because a game like Doom, I don't want to play when my kids are up, because I don't want to see them to see that. It's pretty violent, it's pretty gory, and the music is kind of uh, hardcore, so I don't want my kids to see that, but I can always play with headphones, or I can play in the bathroom, or stuff like that, and then obviously I can play on the TV after, so really loving Doom, and that's a perfect example of how third parties should handle ports on the switch this is a fantastic port uh i've heard that it doesn't run as well as the ps4 and xbox one version that's a no-brainer but still it plays smoothly it plays perfectly i've played it half and half on handheld mode and half on the tv and of course with the pro controller it handles a lot better i found that with the handheld mode like the the joy cons are not as responsive i find but i found out that you can go in the menus and adjust the sensitivity and you can make it a lot better and it's uh, it's playable so that's that so i'm having a blast with doom man that's such a fantastic game i 
Don't know why I did not play this before. But I can't wait to finish off. I think I only have two missions left to finish the story. And it's I just every time I have a second to play that game, I love it so much. And I just hope that we keep seeing ports like this. Because I don't care if Bethesda never does an original Switch game. I don't think they ever will because the Switch does not have the power that they crave. But if they continue to give us ports like this, like I'll be fine with that. I can't wait for Wolfenstein 2. Can't wait to try out Skyrim like... Doom is awesome, guys. If you have a Switch, give it a try. It's really worth the money. Yeah, and speaking of uh, Skyrim, yours is supposed to be there, like, I think Monday or Tuesday. So I don't understand that. Uh, It makes no sense because I ordered it at the exact same time as I got mine. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what's up with that. It's like they got to get the dogs ready to come out to you or something because it's it's yeah. bloody ridiculous. But uh, I've got some gift cards and um, I'm 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 wondering if I should go and and pick up some of that. Like pick up. Uh, I was thinking of picking up Mario uh, and Rabbids there just to try it out because these are gifts that you know I got gift cards. Like what what else am I gonna do with this to like uh, EB Games and stuff I got from work. Um, and I was thinking of doing that. I mean, you've been talking a lot. I played, I played the heck out of Doom on uh, the PS4, and it was a phenomenal game. And really, right now, from what I hear, Doom is one of the most impressive ports of any game that's been released on the Switch. And apparently, it runs almost exactly the same, regardless if it's played in portable mode or if it's played in the dock. So that's pretty impressive, like, that just that is very impressive, especially considering what I'm playing right now. Yeah, the only difference with the dock mode I've noticed is besides the the better controls, is that there are actually some minor sound issues. It seems that pop up. It might be just me, but I've noticed that sometimes there's a weird like a beeping sound, or sometimes like a, a music will just repeat itself for a while and then it will stop. Like there's some minor glitches with the sound. Have I've you tried to uh, mode. Have you tried updating the game? Um, not sure. I'm not sure if there's an update for that game. Is there? You try, man, because sometimes the games don't auto update. This is a this is something I've noticed with the Switch for whatever reason. I don't know if it's got to do with the fact that it just you know, sometimes it takes a few seconds for it to like uh, reach the connection of the internet. But mm-hmm. I have I have noticed that. Uh, like I'll go. To- yeah, for me, I don't have that problem though. I'll, every time I download a game, I need to go and stop all these updates for the game download because the all the all my games keep getting updates. It seems okay. Well, then then you might be fine. But I mean, you could always force try it by pressing the plus button and uh, just going into software update and see if it's uh, if there is an update available. I'm not saying that there is, but you never know. So I've been thinking of that. I've been thinking of picking up that. I've been thinking of picking up uh, Mario Rabbids and also um, uh, L.A. Noir that I got you there. I'm thinking of picking mm-hmm. up all of those. Just, again, it's, it's not going to cost me anything because these, these are all gift cards that I have. I actually have to you go through. do it. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of doing it mainly for support is, is the number one thing. And I'm looking at the release list. I've been looking at it more and more for like the, the, you know, the, the coming months. I got Lost Sphere. I'm really looking forward to that one, but I'm going to wait to play that until I finish uh, Xenoblade. There's Pokemon Crystal that's this week that comes out. And then Dragon Quest Builders is in like two weeks. So I mean, you know, I, there's some, there's a good chunk of 
of games coming out, but I know that there's going to be the downtime. There's always the downtime. Like in the summer, usually there's, there's periods. So it's not like I'm wasting my cash, especially with the gift cards. I don't really feel so bad if I don't get around to playing the game because I'm like, well, yes, I could have used it for some other games, but it's not like, it's not like a huge waste is, is basically it. So yeah, I was saying about the, um, comparing like playing in portable to playing in the dock. And it's funny because the worst game that I've played so far that, uh, that really shows the difference between the two modes is Xenoblade Chronicles two. It's pretty staggering. Like the difference between playing in one mode and the other one, when you play in the dock, it, it looks beautiful. It, it, controls fine and like there's no frame rate issues and stuff like that i mean well there are some dips here and there but there's not it's not a problem when you play in portable mode it's very very interesting because operationally the game works pretty good i mean it does it works pretty pretty good i don't notice really any differences in frame rate drops or anything like that and by the way that's the footage i'm going to use for today's podcast so you're going to see xenoblade chronicles 2 for the duration of this uh, podcast and it's interesting though when you take it on the go because it uses something called dynamic resolution and it can go looking like a Vita game, even worse than a Vita game where your characters are super pixelated and the world is like lacks any sort of texture, weird uh, anomalies with lighting. So like you'll be inside the house and you just see it's like the scene is completely black almost and then it, it lights up and then it goes back to super dark and lights up. And it's odd because it only occurs during cinematics. It doesn't happen while I'm playing regularly. And I'm sure you're going to see it here. Although, no, that's not. No, you won't see it here because I'm playing um, in docked mode to get the footage. But it's not bad. Like, it's weird. I've seen the game get slammed by reviewers for having all these weird, bizarro things. And it's like, it's certainly the worst of any Switch game that I've played, where you're like, wow, what a difference compared to the docked mode compared to portable. But it's actually a really, really fun game. There's no grinding involved. The only sort of... um, I guess negative, I would say, outside of what I just said, like some graphical anomalies, is the fact that the battle system is rather slow. It's an engaging battle system, and it, it's it's fun. It's just that it takes a while. So even when you're fighting just like your regular guy, which of course, again, you're going to see in in this um, in the gameplay, it's surprising to me that. It takes a while, man, to beat up, like, just about anyone. You're going to be playing battles for, like, quite a few minutes. Even, like, underpowered enemies can take two to three minutes to beat, which is is a little bizarre to me right now. And there's... it's This is your classic 7 game. You know what I mean? Like, 7... The score 7 on 10 was created for a game like this. It's not that it's a bad game, not at all. It's just that it has a lot of little issues that in the end add up to like, okay, yeah, this isn't a great game, but it's a good game. And I'd I'd go as far as saying that it's a very good game. We'll see how far I get along if I actually go through and finish it all off. But right now I'm, I'm actually having a really, really good time of it. The, the music is phenomenal. The story is actually really interesting. The gameplay is very interesting, if a little slow. But there are some weird issues outside of the graphics and a few of the other things I mentioned, such as the uh, map marker. So today we're so used to games 
holding our hand and saying, you know, like, take a right over here, then a left, go up there, it's around the corner, that kind of stuff. That when you go back and play a game like this, where the map markers are, like, it's fundamentally broken. Like, it's almost useless. Because it just basically says your destination is 700 away, whatever that means, feet, steps, meters, I don't know. Um, And then there'll be, like, an arrow that points up or down. So that lets you know that your destination is somewhere... 700 meters, let's say, away above you. But it might actually be in the opposite direction of the direction you're running. And why, like, it doesn't, it doesn't actually tell you where you need to go because it'll, you'll see the counter will say, like, you know, 201, 202. So you'll turn around and say, like, oh, okay, I'm going, I'm running in the wrong direction. So I'll run the other way. And you'll run the other way. And then it goes, like, you know, 201, 200, 199, 198, so on and so forth. But what you don't know is that when you get to your destination, it was above you. And the path to get above you was actually 500 meters in the exact opposite direction. So that's what I mean. Like stuff like that is what is really perplexing to me. I have no idea why they would have done what they did. And apparently this is a long standing problem with this series. So clearly they are, uh, they're not listening to feedback to, uh, to improve it. Now it's not awful. It's not terrible or whatever, but it will certainly happen to you more than one occasion where you're going to just scratch your head going, well, wait a minute. How the hell do I get up there? So that's it. I just remembered, I forgot to talk about snake bass, which the other game I've been playing lately. Uh, have you ever seen a video of that game? Do you know what it is? No clue at all. <laughs> so it's basically kind of like a 90s uh, mascot platformer. But it's unique in the sense that you control a snake. And the physics... I, I just don't know how to explain it. This game is very, very hard to control. Just because you're basically controlling a snake... And you need to climb stuff, and man, it, it it's so much fun, but at the same time so frustrating to play because the controls are so hard, and the only problem I have is that it's kind of like, first off, I don't really like 3D platformers because of the fact that you also have to control the camera, and this... In, in in this game, you also have to control the camera, and this is what kills you most of the time. But still, with with saying that i still find myself wanting to play more and i'm almost at the end of the game so i'm having a blast with it and it's i think it's not very pricey on the eShop. i bought it when it was at 50 percent off because i heard it was a great game and it's just very fun just that the controls man there's and there i'm sure if i would go on youtube and look at clips there are some people who can basically control that snake like you, you would control Mario in a 2D platformer. Like I'm sure there are people out there who mastered the controls, but it's just so bizarre the way it's set up. Yeah, I've read I've read mixed things about that game, and I say read, but I've watched mixed things about that game. Like some people absolutely love it, and I've heard from quite a few because of the reasons that you mentioned with the 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 way it controls and with the physics that other people are just like, yeah, that's not for me. So I, I'd be curious with that but i'm playing so much other stuff right now it's insane i finished off blossom tales too i think i got everything i I don't think there's anything else that you can do in that game um i I got all the different uh weapons and stuff like that and some of them man they took forever to find i'm curious to see how many hours i put into that game it feels like it's got to be around 10 to 20 so i'm 
kind of curious to see. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I actually finished off uh, Dragon Quest Eleven in the Let's Play. So that's pretty cool. So now I jump on the uh, post-game content. And it, we were, we're going to be one of, I don't want to say the only, but one of the only people on YouTube to actually highlight with an English channel the post-game content of Dragon Quest Eleven, because as is very common with imports, most people don't realize that the game is actually broken up into three different acts. So Act 1 and 2 take place before the credits, and then Act 3 takes place after the credits. But if you don't if you don't realize that, you just stop your Let's Play, and you're like, you know, well, that was a fun game, I enjoyed it, blah, 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 blah. But you don't realize that you're actually missing, like, one-third of the story because you didn't continue it after the uh, credits. And unlike any of the other Dragon Quest games, this one really hardcore the story continues after the credits. Like, I mean, quite literally, if you start your game from your last save after beating the final boss, there's literally a cinematic telling you, you know, like, okay, they like the game ends where they're like in the sky, let's just say, okay? Like the cinematic, the video ends, like something like that. And this one begins, like the cinematic begins with them basically landing from the sky and continuing on. So it's... It's interesting, and I'm, I'm going to be very, very curious to see how many people do the exact same thing in the North American release whenever it eventually comes out, because it's the first Dragon Quest game that I can think of where the post-game really isn't post-game. It's actually, like, a legit, the story isn't done yet. So I'm, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with that. Cool. All right. Can't wait to play it. I hope you do, man. I really do hope you do. Because, man, it's awesome. And if you don't buy it, I, that's one I will definitely buy for you. And I hope they announce the Switch and the 3DS versions because I'll be very sad if the 3DS one doesn't come. Because I want to play the North American 3DS one in 2D. That's That would be really cool to do, but... Okay, well, so I spoke a little bit about uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, so I don't need to really dig any deeper into that. So the topic of the show today is really, there's there's one main topic, and then I have a few other things that I'd like to just quickly touch base on, and then I'll throw it to Steven for a blast from the past, and I don't know if you prepared anything, so that'll be fun. Yeah, no, I, I thought we were doing a gamers today, so I'll think of something. No, no more gamers. Gamers are losers. <laughs> we're about to hit a milestone with that podcast eventually we're almost at the 100 episode i know it's glorious but at this rate it'll be a few years <laughs> probably well whatever it doesn't matter we'll see so okay so after uh what did we have we had a week two weeks three weeks nine months ago we had a nintendo direct where uh we wanted to thank everybody for not listening to our podcast that was very very good we appreciated that <laughs> Uh, we knew that was going to happen too when we said that the lineup was lackluster. I knew people were going to comment and be like, oh, you guys are morons and, and all this. And it's like we specifically said that, you know, they only spoke up till May and – you know, if you if you owned a Wii U in particular, it's kind of lackluster because there's it's nothing, just you know, ports basically. Yeah, exactly. 
However, people like, what are you guys, stupid? There's like the rest of the year. Anyways, it was just so funny. I, I love reading some of these comments were, were hilarious. So after that, Nintendo tweeted out um, just a, I don't know, it was like, what, maybe a week after or something like that, saying that they were going to have a, uh, a video up. It wasn't a direct or anything like that. And they were going to introduce a new way of uh, interacting with the switch and it's going to be aimed at children now i don't have the exact tweet in front of me because i moved my phone too far away from me but it specifically said that it's aimed towards children or kids or kids at heart something like that and i gotta say that my faith in humanity is just about gone because when I saw some of the comments that people were saying after what was revealed was revealed, I was like, what the hell did people expect? Like some people were like, oh, I was like counting on first gameplay footage of Metroid Prime 4. And others are like, oh, I, like they were hinting at F-Zero or the new Pokemon and I love it. I was laughing so hard reading some of these comments. I swear Nintendo could come out and be like, hey, guys, we're going to have a direct on uh, Fire Emblem. And people would be like, oh, they didn't show the new Zelda. (laughs) It's like they specifically said that this was going to be something aimed towards children and that it was going to be something like a new way of interacting, something, something to that effect. But I remember that they specifically said that it was aimed towards kids or kids at heart. And so what they announced was something that they're referring to as Nintendo Labo. And that's like short for laboratory or laboratory. And it's a really, really interesting concept. In a nutshell, it's basically cardboard prints that you pop out and almost like origami. And you piece together these little instruments and or objects so you could have like a fishing rod a robot a little rc car a piano things like that and then it interacts with your switch in unique ways so for example with the piano you'll take just the the, not the dock but just the portable itself the the tablet and slide that into the cardboard and then take one of the joy cons and put that in the side and it's essentially one of the joy cons is reading using the ir sensor to see which keys you press and then you're interacting with software that's on the little screen and they get more and more robust as uh, as you go and i was immediately like taken back when I saw this and I was like, this is such a Nintendo thing to do. Like this screams Nintendo because for those that don't know, Nintendo was originally not just a card company, like a playing card company, but they also made a lot of different toys back in the 60s, 70s and 80s, early 80s before they went, you know, head first into electronics. So I find this super, super cool. This is like a combination of the old Nintendo meets the switch the new you know the new nintendo and i don't want to say all my impressions and everything right away i want to let steven have a chance because i literally haven't shut up in 30 minutes so what did you think of all of this i just want to mention first off that i heard yesterday that the reason they called it nintendo labo was because lab in japan is pronounced labo and that way it's easier for them to call it labo everywhere that's what i heard cool that it's not really important, but I <laughs> I watched the video. I knew that it was for kids and kids at heart, so I had no problem with the announcement. I thought, that, man, when my if 
my oldest would be just a bit older, I could get one of those Labo kits and we could build it together. Because right now he's at that age where I don't necessarily trust him with my Switch so he could easily break it. But eventually I can we can build some of that and have a blast. It reminds me of Lego sets when I was a kid. So it's some of this stuff they said takes about two hours to build. So it's I thought this is awesome. It has a lot of potential. I think their stock rose a lot after the announcement. So I think they're going to make a lot of money with this. My only fear with this is that I do not want Nintendo Labo to become central in Nintendo's conferences. Like, I don't want the next Direct to have a huge portion dedicated to Nintendo Labo. In an ideal world, it would have none, but this is Nintendo, so we'll probably talk about Labo for a few minutes, but that's all right. I I just don't want them... I don't want them to... I want them to remember that the public that watches Direct or watches their E3 conferences is not the public that you're aiming to sell these for. And I think they know that. That's why they tweeted that it was for kids and kids at heart. And I was a bit surprised by the re- the reaction of some people. I did not see those reactions, but I'm not I'm not so sure what they were expecting. But the overall product sounds like something that's a lot of fun for families out there. Yeah, I'm I'm actually um, I'm actually going to pick these up and do a video series, uh, probably just two separate videos on the two different kits. There's a customization kit as well that they released. But I, I was like, nah, well, whatever. I don't really care about that. I, I'm more curious to see. I, I actually have a couple of questions with this thing because of who it's aimed towards. And I know, of course, this is I'm not I'm not the only one that has thought of this, I'm sure. But I don't really have too much of a problem with the price. Uh, they're going for $69.99 for a variety pack. That's one of the ones that comes with a piano and the RC cars and so on and so forth. And then there's one for $79.99, which is that robo kit. So like making yourself like a little robot. Well, it's like a gear. So you actually have like a backpack and, and all kinds of stuff. The thing that I, I, I have, I don't even want to say concern, but the thing I'm curious about is the durability of this. That's the only sort of hiccup I can see in this particular plan is that because it depends on what kind of age groups that, you know, Nintendo is, is directly aiming this at Would they say kids, but I mean, you're still a child. So I don't know, like, it's going to be interesting to see who exactly or what age frame they're, they're actually looking at because I think I, they said the six to 12 specifically. Okay. I think that's the age group they're focusing on. And it makes, it makes sense. Uh, as for the, the price before you, I, I just want to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah, go, go. I've been shopping for a few years now for kids toys for my, my own sons. And it seems just a bit pricey. Like I'd say it's about 15 bucks overpriced just because of the Nintendo name, but it's, it's not bad. I think for the quality, if, if you think of like a lot of the toys that I buy my son, some of them he'll play with them once or twice and never use them again. So it's and just some of these, like just the fact that it, they will take you two hours to build with your kids, you're already getting some of that money right there with the experience. So I think, uh, like some, I've made the example of Lego sets, which you are about the same price. Some of them more expensive, which you build once and then sometimes never use them again. So I think the price is just a bit too much, but that's 
kind of like the Nintendo tax. So I, I don't have a problem with the the price, but the durability is a good uh, a good question. That I'm sure this is Nintendo. They've done products here and there, and most of their products have a good reputation for being hard to break and stuff. So I'm sure they they've thought of this. No, I thought you. I didn't realize what that was. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I thought I was going to continue, and then I decided to stop. <laughs> just throw you a curveball. Well, it worked. That was very successful. I was like, "Is is he done? What's happening here?" <laughs> um, yeah, no. For the price, the reason why I say that I don't really find it that bad is because, well, twofold. Okay, for starters, like Lego, Lego is is a um, a fairly fair comparison it's not a fully fair comparison but it, it's it's a, a it's, it's good enough and i say it's not fully because with lego what's what's nice with lego is that you can buy multiple kits which are all around the same price depending of course what it is you could also buy a like seven thousand dollar millennium falcon if you want uh, but the thing with lego is that if you get bored with it you can dismantle it dismantle your second play kit combine the play kits and create something brand new that's the only the only i guess difference with this however 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 why i can justify the price and what people seem to be forgetting here is that it also includes software and software is always 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 expensive now granted we also have to keep in mind we don't know at all what kind of software this is going to come with. Like, is it going to have like a Mario Paint style thing for that piano where you can, where you can play the piano, but maybe record your stuff? Uh, like, we don't know. We don't know anything. We saw that uh, robot um, game where you were just going around punching things. And what's really cool is it's later been revealed that that robot game actually started off as a Wii U game from Miyamoto back way back when he was uh, starting to dabble with Star Fox what is it Star Fox 0 mm-hmm. and so i thought that was that was unique and it goes it plays into what i've been saying for a while now where i don't even know if there's a single like switch game that's actually a switch game i think like everything <laughs> has been wii u games but whatever um so i'm just saying like i can understand i do i i can really understand the the pricing if if you look and say like okay the kit is 40 bucks and the software is 20 or the software is 25 or, or, you know, something like that. So I, I honestly, I think it's, it's okay. But again, going back, durability is going to be a big one. But like you said, Stephen, I think what a lot of people that are listening to this, if you're even curious, if you have kids, which I know a lot of our, our audience actually is older. We do skew a little bit older just based on the comments where people are like, Oh, I, you know, thanks for this review. I could play with my, my, my son or daughter or whatever. So if you are listening to this and you do have children, I wouldn't be too afraid of the durability. And the reason I say that is for exactly the same reason Stephen uh, said what he said, whereby Nintendo's been doing this for a long time. And if you look at the vast majority of Nintendo's hardware, it's built fairly strong. Like, personally, I haven't had, I mean, we've had, I've had issues with Nintendo hardware in the past of, of some software stuff, but nowhere near as much as I've had with Sony's and Microsoft's. But in terms of actual sheer build quality, like that original, original, original Game Boy, I swear you could throw that off to your roof and that stupid thing would still work. And so. Isn't there a Game Boy in a museum somewhere that survived like a, a bomb and still works? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. 
So that's my point. Like that, that's it. That's just my point. Like this is a company that knows what they're doing. And let's be, let's, let's just say it right now. Okay. If this is the type of thing that turns out that you use it once and everything breaks, it will be the death of, of this. Like immediately we live in a social media society now whereby, you know, there will be hundreds of thousands of videos all over the place. You know, Nintendo ruins Christmas type of thing or ruin my child's uh, birthday because like just building it and it fell apart and blah, blah, blah. So I'm fairly confident that's not going to happen. I'm sure they tested the hell out of this. And I personally really like the concept. I mean, I really do. I think this is if I was a kid. It's like you said with the Lego thing. I loved Lego when I was a kid because I thought it was brilliant for what I said, you know. I had the different kits. I built the kits. I made these imaginary stories. And then I would break the kits and then build my own creations and whatever. But I look at like the Labo series here, or as they're calling them, the Toy Cons. And I I look at this and think, my gosh, you know, like think of all the different third parties. And I don't mean third parties as in... Third party like, you know, Capcom and, and those companies or Bethesda there. I'm thinking more, you imagine like Mattel, you know, like companies that make toys today, they could pump out things like this. Like you could have like a Masters of the Universe, a He-Man type of set. Of course, they would never do this. Not not today, but I'm just saying they could have like toys that kids are or, or shows that kids are into today create these little creations, make just little software and voila, you know, $70 you think, later. Though, if this turns out to be really successful, do you think Nintendo will allow third parties in? Because you, you've got to figure they, they have a patent for patent for this. And this is something that's pretty unique. I don't, I don't think you could easily make uh, something slimmer to this and sell it for the Switch without Nintendo's approval. Do you think they would let third parties in? I Well, if they want to make money, I don't see why not license it. You know, just have it like I have a I have an episode. I called it Collector's Corner, but it's not really Collector's Corner of um, the Pokin controller. And it was it's a well-built controller, but it's clearly not a Nintendo product. I mean, it's an officially licensed product, but it's made by Hori. And I don't see why they couldn't couldn't do that, that Mattel, Hasbro, any of these companies could just go to Nintendo and say, listen, we think this is a brilliant idea. It's been, you know, you, clearly you have something that's working here. We want to get in on this. Would you license us, you know, would you just give us a license to, to make some of these particular things? And I would hope so. I really would hope so because there's a lot of potential here for some very, very, very creative things and i think it would be a real shame if nintendo just releases these two packs and calls it a day or or they just make it the nintendo only sort of thing and i just i just i really see this as having a lot of different potential for children and why not but of course it's got to prove itself first naturally but i i can see a lot of potential here man cool so yeah i i might pick the the one with the RC cars because my son really like uh, RC cars so maybe I'll pick that one up but we'll see we'll see because he's still a bit young at three for for stuff like this yeah I, I that's the thing exactly like I, I I like the fact and thank you for that I did not know about the uh, six to twelve type thing or eight to twelve or whatever it was he said um, 
because that does make sense. But I, I like it. I mean, I like the whole concept that I, I imagine, you know, you clear your kitchen table, you've got these cutouts, you've got your children around and everybody, you know, you give them some of the simpler pieces and you're showing them how to put it all together. I just, I love that, that whole concept of bringing people together and then fusing that with the technology that you have available. I, I just, I honestly, I thought this was a very, very awesome idea and i know people are bitching about pricing and everything but truly i think i think nintendo really hit it out of the park with this at least from a concept standpoint whether or not it actually takes off we'll we'll see but conceptually i i'm on board with this if i had children i would be all all over this and i think it will be fun to just do a couple we'll see i don't know how many videos but i'll do a couple of videos on this and maybe you know what maybe i'll just take my cameras i'll clear my kitchen table and i'll see can i even build it in two hours or is it like i'm so stupid that it takes me like six hours and i don't know what the hell i'm doing it could be ver it could might be a really hilarious uh, video yeah yeah can't wait to see that Okay, so where are we? We're at 45 minutes. Okay, so mention that, mention that, mention that. Uh, the only other thing, the, the last little thing that I just wanted to talk about ever so briefly was the Detective Pikachu amiibo. I got a, a tweet, what was it, yesterday? Yep. And I tweeted out to Steven and just basically said, uh, hey, man, uh, you can go and pre-order your Detective Pikachu uh, yeah. right away at uh, 6 p.m. because I know you're you're looking forward to the game or whatever. Or I kind of wish you didn't because you cost me a lot of money. <laughs> yes, that's what I would like you to talk about. Yeah, because I, I, for those who don't know, Detective Pikachu is an episodic game that was released in Japan. A long time ago, and only episode one was released. And I, it seems like they're gonna release the full game now worldwide. And I never thought we'd see it. And did you see the trailer? I did. It's it, like it, it's so freaky, but it, it looks awesome. It looks like it'll be a fantastic game. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I'm a Pokemon fanboy, and I think everything they do is fantastic. But it, it's right up my alley. And the fact that there's a movie coming out eventually voiced by Ryan Reynolds, like it's just, <laughs> this, this is just nuts. And I can't wait to play that. So I wanted the Amiibo and you told me, I don't know how you found out that at 6pm Best Buy was going to have the Amiibos in stock. And sure enough, at 6pm I refreshed and they had the Amiibos up for pre-order. The problem is it's 40 bucks for one single Amiibo. So I was like, screw this. And I was like, screw this for five seconds until I said, okay, come on. <laughs> it's a Detective Pikachu amiibo. You, you're going to love it. So I, I bought the four. I, I spent the, well, spent, it's, it's not spent yet. I can still cancel it, cancel it. But I, I, I bought, I, I spent the 40 bucks for that damn amiibo. And I hope I'm going to love it, but still, it, 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 it's, it looks cool. It, it, it's a lot bigger than regular amiibos from what I heard. I don't know what it actually do in the game. I don't really care. I just it, it sounds cool. <laughs> and okay. And so, if you would not have told me about it, I would be forty dollars richer right now. Okay, so he tells you all this, okay? And he makes himself sound like a martyr here. But what you don't know is this douchebag was texting me non stop 
for Pokin Tournament DX for a potential video that we might or might not ever do. <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. I'm, I'm sure we're going to do it. But it was just so funny. This guy is going on and on and on. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like 80 bucks. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're rich. You have money everywhere. You you got this. You got this. And he won't stop going on and on and on. Then I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, if I if I pick this up, I'm like, it does give us access to to do some pretty cool stuff. Um, it'll be actually really funny because you'll be able to hear both of us talking through Skype through the Elgato uh, software. Plus, we're going to have the stream going so that we'll get to – well, I'll get to read the comments and I can read it to him. And uh, we'll probably have a quite a few number of uh, good times, like good laughs uh, with that. But then I'm like, yeah, but I could also get that $40 controller because I don't really have any other controllers here outside the Pro Controller and the Joy-Cons that I have. And it's such a cheap controller in relation to, to those that I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll I'll just go ahead and do that. And, you know, that gives me another video type thing. And then as I'm like, I got those two things in my, in my, 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 what is it, basket, and this guy is going on and on and on about Doom. and No, it wasn't Doom. It was Skyrim. He's going on and on and on about Skyrim and Skyrim and Skyrim. He's like, you should buy me Skyrim. How dare you? Weren't you supposed to get me another gift? Where's my other gift? You should buy Skyrim. In fact, you should get me Skyrim. Where's my Skyrim? And that, if you don't know Stephen, that's pretty much his daily life with text. It's pretty much this. That and calling for entertainment all the time, or calling me a monster—it's—it's it's one of those—it's uh, one of those tweets. So, anyways, so I look in, and they actually have Skyrim in stock now. If if you don't know, um, Skyrim for Amazon.ca for whatever reason, which is Amazon Canada, it it hasn't been in stock very much. Like it, it seems to come in stock. I don't think they they're they're making many of them, or I don't know what it is for Canada, but they come in stock and then they go away, and then they come in stock and then they go away. And I wanted to pick him up one for Christmas, so I decided, oh, what the hell, and I bit the bullet and I bought, I bought myself Pokemon Tournament, the, or DX, plus the controller, plus Skyrim for myself and Skyrim for him. So I don't want to hear you complain about $40 for a damn Detective <laughs> Pikachu, you cheap ass. Yeah, that, that's the thing. My life goal is, to make you buy me as much stuff as possible. That's perfect. And I'm getting pretty good at it. Like I, I, I like to feel special and I want you to buy me stuff. I'm like a girl on a date. You need to buy me flowers more often, damn you. You, <laughs> he you says should treat this. me better. Yes. Pretty much he's gonna end up having a switch and a <laughs> switch collection that's pretty much like bought by yours truly. Like it's it's ridiculous. But whatever. I deserve all of those gifts, damn it. Of course. Naturally. I'm, I'm making you become a billionaire on YouTube. All of these great videos and video series you have, all my ideas. Oh, I'll give you this. And it's funny. Okay. So I don't know. We're going to have to wrap this up soon. It's already been 50 minutes and you got to do your uh, blast from the past. But uh, I don't know if anyone knows this recently, uh, YouTube, they changed their policies and stuff like that. And they're making it a little bit harder to monetize videos. Now uh, you have to have like 4,000 hours of, uh, of videos watched. You have to have a thousand subscribers and, and so on and so forth. It doesn't affect us whatsoever because we've been here forever and we have way more than that um but something funny that's popped up it's just because you reminded me with the whole money thing it's 
a lot of people have been complaining and I've been really confused. I can understand complaining about stifling potentially creativity and stuff like that. Although here's the deal as, as a channel that, you know, had a thousand subscribers, what, four years ago, you know, something like that. Like we just passed a thousand subscribers. Well, I mean, it's been a while now, but whatever, like hitting a thousand subscribers was a really big deal to us. It really was. It was a, it was a huge, huge deal to us. And when they finally opened up monetizing for, you know, for the masses, because in, in back in, like back in the day, you basically had to have a human being check over your channel and your videos. And if they decided like, yeah, okay, you know, we want to partner up with you because you have a good, strong fan base. Yeah. You're, you're releasing quality content. Okay. Sure. We're going to partner up with you. And they eventually changed that to much more loose, uh, guidelines. I don't even remember what it was now, but it was basically like you could pretty much anyone could uh could join the partnership program and monetize their videos. But what they would do is they would hold the money that they would pay out to you until you hit $100. So what essentially what it is is it would just go into like a bank and it would just just keep piling up over and over and over again. Why I mention any of this is because I just found it kind of bizarre. I've seen a lot of videos from small, small, small channels where people are like, you know, you're ruining my livelihood and, and all of this. And I'm really perplexed with, with those types of videos because as a channel, I'm, I'm not shy. I'm going to, I'm going to actually let you guys know this. Okay. As a channel that has currently 8,200 and something, uh, subscribers over the last 12 months. So all of 2017, we made 800 and something us dollars. Okay. So that, that equates to probably like a thousand Canadian dollars, something like that, give or take. Now that's great. I'm not complaining. I'm not, you know, like I find that phenomenal because even if the money wasn't there, I'd still be doing this because I like doing this. I have no one else around me that I get to talk to games about, well, to talk about about games except for Steven. And he's too busy bitching at me to buy him stuff to even listen to me <laughs> half the times. But Damn right. <laughs> but I find it just odd because like if you have a thousand subs, if that's if that's truly like where you are, I'm sorry, but there's no way there's no way you can be making money. Like when we were at a thousand subs, we used to have to wait like pff, nine months before we would get a check of a hundred dollars. So I'm just I'm not I really don't get it. And even more, I think it was even more than that. I think it was like over a year before we saw any money at all. So I'm just perplexed why people are complaining about the finances. The other arguments are all valid. I, I'll, I'll give you all the other arguments. But when it comes to sheer money, I'm very, very confused. Like I said, we have 8,000, like 200 and something subscribers. And in an entire year, we made $800. So I don't see how that affects anyone's livelihood. Uh, I, I, so what you're saying is that YouTube is not becoming your full-time job anytime soon. I don't think YouTube would ever become my full-time <laughs> job. Even if, even no, seriously though, this is the thing. It's funny because like I was talking with Serena about this and I was like, you know, if Steven and I, if let's say, you know, we get the house. So I get my house here. I get my game room, get it all set up so I can actually do the stuff like the videos that I really, really want to do. 
and and we start a Patreon and you know we get we get a decent amount say like I don't know $200 a month or something like that and and even if even if we grew to 500,000 subscribers you know something crazy or a million subscribers I love what I do like my career I have a like a fun career I love what I do this is fun too. I really enjoy this. But what would happen at that particular point in time is if I could pay your mortgage, my mortgage, you know, stuff like that through ad revenue, not through Patreon, because that's BS. That's not right. Charging our fan base to pay our mortgage is ridiculous. But ad revenue that YouTube and those companies are making, you know, money off of the stuff that we're, we're making, wouldn't that just that, wouldn't that be like a dream job? Like, yeah, for for me, just the freedom and the equipment to do videos is all I want. Like, I don't care about the the money because I have a job that supports me and my family and pays the bills. The reason I want us to do Patreon eventually is if you'd like more help and more videos from me. Like, I have a good job that pays the bills, but I don't necessarily have that much extra money lying around to justify instead of feeding my kids, buying myself a laptop and equipment to be able to record stuff. So that's the the goal for me. All I want is video games is a passion of mine, but I love talking about video games as much as I love playing them. And talking to you is awesome. That's what I want to do. I want to do more videos. This is a passion is in its uh, a hobby. That I'd like to continue, but right now I don't necessarily have all the tools to do so. So that's my, uh, like, I don't see us, like, I, I think we'll reach 10,000 subs this year. That will be awesome. But I think there, there eventually will be a cap for us. I don't think we're going to grow forever. I think eventually we'll, we'll hit a cap and that's fine. As long as we can continue just doing this, I'll be fine. Yeah. And that's just it. Like, I, I hope nobody misconstrues what I'm, what I'm getting at here. What I, what I was saying with the whole mortgage thing is I'm saying that would be as high as uh, like we could go for me. Like that would be like when you see these, uh, like PewDiePie's and all these people that are making millions of dollars a year type of thing. No, that's not at all what, were we do this for what i'm saying is that if we ever got that big where where the ad revenue coming in would pay off steven's mortgage every month i'm pretty sure he wouldn't be you know boohoo but he'd still have his job you know what i mean like and 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 i would still have my job but the reality is exactly what you said like we're looking at patreon and things like that um just for equipment purposes and and we we need to really sit down and and ham all this out and sort of figure out like what it is that we're going to do with that but the fan base is what i love and and the passion is there i actually have a video going up on um well it's already been up by the time you guys see this but if you listen to the podcast i have a video going up shortly that actually says how like nintendo's brought my passion in gaming back and you're going to see it in the channel because i'm going to be working on different things because i have something to talk about and that's just it like i just hope that we keep the passion and i don't see us ever losing that given the way that we're not doing this for money and it's clear 
And so with that, that's enough discussion about that. And now I'm going to throw it over to you to see what you came up with. You might as well just repeat one of your old blasts from the past because it'll <laughs> be new. What I thought of a game, and I'm pretty sure I did it before, and that's Resident Evil 2 for the 64. But I have a loophole. I'm going to mention Resident Evil 2 for the GameCube. Ooh. So there you go. And the reason <laughs> I want to talk about Resident Evil 2 is that besides Resident Evil 4, it's my favorite Resident Evil I love that game so much. I remember a few years back during our Halloween special, I actually bought the N64 version and I was going to play it just a, a bit to, to do the review because I, I had already beaten the game and I ended up beating the game in two settings. It's just so much fun. And I know that Capcom is working on a remake of that game and I hope they bring it to Switch. And I think the success of Resident Evil Revelations, I believe they sold 500,000 copies of that game on the Switch. I believe the success of that will speak that they need to bring that to the Switch also, and I hope they do. So Resident Evil 2 for the GameCube, not the N64, is my blast from the past this week. <laughs> and you need to do a master list, dude. We need it. No, I, I, no I, I don't wanna, worry. I want, <laughs> I want to be. I want the blast from the past section to be serious, man. I don't want us to repeat the same game every week because I'm sure we have. Oh, I, I'm sure we have too. And it's just something that that. I need to actually just sit back and fast forward all of the, the podcasts because the problem is now it's starting to get out of control because now we're at like episode 39. So. <laughs> yeah, but I, how long would that really be? I don't know. With probably your internet speed to just go to every video and listen to the last five minutes until you hear the blast from the bass and boom. Probably, think- probably two hours, something like that to do all that. Because five minutes times 30. Yeah, but something. you don't need to listen. You just need to until... And even in some of the videos, you actually wrote down what the blast from the past is. So you don't even need to listen to the video in the description. And I love... You noticed... You see, ladies and gentlemen, did, did you just witness... What you just heard was a classic Stephen Maneuver. He gets this idea and passes it to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic, classic Steven right there. He's like, with your internet, that's his subtle way of just basically saying, stop being lazy and do it. And yet it's still on me who has to work on 50 million different videos right now. But yes, yes, I will have to no, get but on with that. With my internet, though, it would take me not two hours, but four. Woo! <laughs> and with two kids on the house? Come on, Jared. Stop I love being a lazy, <laughs> See? lazy exactly. bastard and do that. Exactly. Okay, perfect. Okay, we're at an hour and two minutes. I'm, I'm hanging up on you now. Damn you. <laughs> That's enough of that. Well, okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wrap this show up. So, as always, thanks for checking us out. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, don't forget that uh, we post these podcasts the day that they're recorded, unless I'm lazy, and then it's a little bit later on. But we try to get them up on uh, podcasting services ASAP. So if you subscribe to any of those, you can be sure to uh, listen to these usually, usually about a week in advance. So... That's uh, just head on over to iTunes or any of the uh, podcasting services and put Canadian Gamers or Nintendo Fanboys and you can check us out. And then, of course, now we have our new uh, Twitch uh, channel that we're going to be pushing uh, for the foreseeable future, probably forever, which is uh, twitch.tv slash project COE. And with that, I will say thanks for watching, guys, girls, and everything in between, and we'll catch you next time. Take care.